0: I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, no. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. Three sixty in the contract. Never that. i just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that this that this that jerk with the back <laughs> in the house Oh. Welcome. You are locked on at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined by you, the Raccoon Squad, the listeners. We're doing a mailbag pod. Isaac has some stuff going on today, so you just got to deal with me tonight. And, uh, man, dealing with me is probably going to just on the podcast by myself, is probably going to be better than watching the Mavericks lose another game. Oh, man. We'll talk briefly about the Mavericks' loss to the... Washington Wizards. It's their first loss in Washington since 2008, which apparently is a stat that they keep and we're showing on the broadcast several times. Those stats I just don't understand. The stats where it's like this random, you know, the the Dirk scores the most points from a Western Conference player in the the Boston Celtics arena. <laughs> weird stuff that they keep stats on. So uh, we will talk about that game briefly and then I'll get to your questions. A ton of questions are coming in on Twitter. I'm still even looking at them right now as I start to hit record. So we're going to get to as many as I can. Let's start with the first one. Um, Man, Mr. Nadrol says, are you pro tanking for the Mavs this season? Well, I might not be. Doesn't mean the Mavericks aren't. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks are tanking. I just think that. At one point during the broadcast, and we'll talk about Harp's hilarious comment about Dwight Powell, but he said another comment about Dwight Powell that I think is actually true. And he said, Dwight Powell has been the second best player for the Mavericks since the All-Star break. That should just tell you where this team is right now. All of these losses, I, I'm i not going to come out here and be very upset. You're probably not going to hear Fiery Isaac about all these losses towards the end of the season. It's just the Mavericks just don't have the talent right now. Their, best, their second best player is... Kristaps Porzingis, he hasn't even seen the floor yet, and J.J. Barea, arguably their second best player this season. We were even we were talking about that even before the Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes trades. All that's we were even talking about J.J. Barea as the second best player then, but beginning of the season, you can go back. We have the receipts, we have the podcasts recorded talking about J.J. Barea as the most impactful player on the Mavericks. He's been out, and then you make these trades, and you trade, you know. A, three starting level players for a player that's not going to play this season and for Tim Hardaway Jr. who was going to be dumped he was he was going to be a cap dump they were going to attach something to him and send him that was the whole Wes Matthews for Tim Hardaway Jr. trade that they were going to do that you know began pretty much the talks for this Porzingis deal and so you get that guy back and then you have Dwight Powell playing a bunch. And then you have a second-round pick in Jalen Brunson, who's been awesome. Isaac's piece. Again, if you haven't read Isaac's piece on maps.com, go read it. Jalen Brunson, awesome. But a second-round pick, a rookie. You have Luca, who's obviously awesome. And then you have all these – I mean, the, the players that played tonight, I mean, Josh – or not Josh Jackson. He's over skipping more autograph sessions. Justin Jackson, he played great. He had, he had 18 points. He hit five threes, which is awesome. Good to see that from him. Role player, though. He's not going to come in and really be a huge game-changer. For the Mavericks, he he hit five threes in this game, and the Mavericks still lose by nine. Um, Dorian Finney Smith, he's hot or cold. Maxi but missing games. You have Courtney Lee, who just gets some time here or there. You have Solomon Mejri, who was just pretty awful in this game tonight. So th- that's that's pretty much his team. <laughs> that's the team that I just love. Devin Harris and Dirk, obviously, also. Uh, And Devin Harris has been kind of up and down this year. And without J.J. Barea, we've talked about my ice climbers theory that without J.J. Barea, Devin Harris is kind of uh, not useless, but he is limited in his role on the Mavericks. So the Mavericks are just – they're shorthanded right now. And this team is going to look very different next year, very, very different. And I think the intensity will be different next year. There's just going to be a different feeling It'll be the feeling that the Mavericks had at the beginning of this season. Remember we were all talking about playoffs and they were in the seventh seed and they were they were right there and now they've made all these moves. And it's going to be different next year for sure. I think it's just it's going to be a whole different feel. Carlisle is going to go into it with a different game plan than he did this season. And hopefully he just doesn't have these guys that he holds on to like Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews and DeAndre where he just keeps playing them and there's there's players on the bench that are playing better than them and he just keeps throwing them back out there. and sticks to these strict lineups. I don't know if we'll see that next season. I don't know. We, we might, and we'll be here probably on the Lockdown Mavs podcast next year talking about it, and hopefully we won't be concerned about the same things. Am I pro-tanking for the Mavs this season? Uh, no, not really. I mean, they can go, they can try, They you know, if they really want to to tank, but I just don't think that's going to help anybody. I don't think that that's – they're, they're going to be able to get the losses that they need to tank, to quote-unquote tank, without – having to try for it I just think that this team is not talented enough right now as it stands with the injuries with the trades with all the stuff going on right now they're not talented enough to win enough games in the NBA right now so especially with teams trying to ramp up and make a playoff push and teams in the east have a better shot of making the the playoffs than some teams in the West so uh, a team like Washington has an outside shot to try and put something together here. And so they come in, and they come to their their home court, and they lose a game. You know mm-hmm. Stuff like that is just going to keep happening throughout the rest of the season. Ramundo says, if we land a top five pick and it's not number one, what draft prospect fits best next to Luka and KP? This is a good question. Um, I'm going to fully admit, and there's a couple more draft questions in here, so I just want to fully admit I have not done a whole lot of draft prep so far. I've watched a couple guys. i watched a couple Duke games. I've watched a couple other things here and there. But I'm, I haven't done a ton of of draft work, um, but I do under I do know kind of the top four guys, and the Mavericks can only get the top four picks. I just want to put that out there. We talked about this yesterday too, but the way that they pick the lottery is they pick the top four based on the ping pong ball odds. They kind of they pick out the top four picks, and then the rest go in order of record. So there's no way where the Mavericks stand right now, and probably where the Mavericks can get, even if they lose the rest of their games this whole season, they cannot get to. Uh, a spot where they could get the number five pick. They'd have to go all the way to uh, where Atlanta is right now. They have to be the fifth worst team in the NBA to be able to have a 2% chance to get the the, uh, the number five pick. So let's just say that the number five pick is out. So you're just looking at the top four. The top four has been pretty much Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish in some order or another. Uh, I've seen uh, a couple other players here and there just thrown in, but it feels like those are the top four players. So if you're just looking at those guys, the idea of Cam Reddish is better than the other three. If you're if so, this question from Marundo says if you it's not number one, so you're not getting Zion so, from his question. So you're left with the rest of the guys, and I don't think John Morant really fits with Luka that well. RJ Barrett is kind of feels a little uh, a little uh Harrison Barnesy to me, just a little bit. Um, I don't know. I said that about Jason Tatum, so I could be wrong about that. I haven't watched a ton of them, but he feels a little like. Uh, a guy that wouldn't fit awesome next to Luca, so Cam Reddish. But it's to the, the idea of him, the games that I've watched and the, the tape that I've watched of Cam Reddish so far is not. He's he's supposed to be this, you know, six eight, super six eight, maybe six ten, like super long, Paul George-ish kind of guy with a jump shot. And I just haven't really seen a lot from him as far as catch and shooting, like catch and shoot and stuff like that that you're gonna need off of guys like Porzingis and and Luca. So that. It's really. This is a really tough. This would be a really good draft for the Mavericks to give their pick away. I'm just gonna say that <laughs> as far as in the uh, in the top five because I'm I'm not really in love with any of those guys. Maybe if I do some more draft work here between now and the time of the draft, maybe I'll I'll think differently. But that's kind of where I am right now. So um, we'll see you later. From Varun, he says I have two questions. What if the Mavs succeed in tanking and their first overall pick? And two. I saw a report saying the Mavs will pursue KD until he says no. What do you think about that? Um, it sounds like they're going to need some consent from KD. <laughs> it sounds like this could going to be a meeting situation with KD. Uh, if you if you put it that way, uh, sure. The, the Mavericks are going to pursue KD. Probably they're probably going to you know try to pitch him. They'll try to get a meeting. But is it going to be the same way that the Phoenix Suns try to get a meeting with? Like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and with Carmelo and LeBron. And you remember how the Phoenix Suns were trying to get a meeting with LeBron <laughs> a while ago? This is, I don't know, maybe the, the last time LeBron went back to Cleveland, I think. Um, they tried to get a meeting with, with LeBron. It's, it's going to be like that. They're going to at least try and put it out there. Uh, sure, they should go after them. The, the report was awful. If you go and if you... I don't even recommend reading it, but I'm just going to call that out anyway the real gm quote unquote report was just the report that um that porzingis wasn't super into the idea of playing with kd in new york now porzingis didn't really want to play in new york anyway so <laughs> so maybe it was just that idea of, of still playing in new york but i don't know if they can, if they can get him obviously you go after him and you try to get him and you try to bring him in but I'm also kind of for this idea of bringing in some lower level free agents, like we talked about yesterday, and trying the trying the Luca Porzingis thing because it's going to be hard to try and fit those guys together from the start. Uh, there's going to be a big learning curve. There's there's a lot of a lot of change for Porzingis. He hasn't played in a year. He's going to be on a new team for the first time. Another new coach for him. Rick Carlisle is not the easiest coach to play for. And so this is going to be a big learning curve for them. So it's bringing in a guy like Kevin Durant who brings this huge pressure on them. I'm not sure that's the best thing. The The, the Luka is pairing, I know it's good right now and the Mavericks need to capitalize, but they also need to look for the future, right? For, you know, Cuban says he wants to keep this group together for 20 years. So if you're going to do that, then take the, take the long play on it. And so I'm not super into some of these big name free agents. Obviously, if you can get them, go for it, try it, try and go for it. And, uh, but you know, I wouldn't, Put all your hope and your resources into just doing that all right let's take a quick break and when we come back i'll answer a bunch more questions and i'll try to go a little more rapid fire to get to more of your questions all right isaac sorry that's just i guess that's just habit of, for me to say okay isaac when we come back um this is a question from big sam if we do keep our pick assuming it's not the number one pick who do you think we should take i already answered that or maybe we use that pick and trade it for some pieces for anthony davis man the Mavericks do not have the pieces for Anthony Davis. However, this whole Kyrie thing has really thrown a wrench into that whole situation because the Pelicans passed on the Lakers' supposed supposed package for Anthony Davis. Now, I, after the reports and what Jeannie Buss said this week, and I, I have no idea what that whole situation entailed. I don't know who offered what. I don't know what the Lakers... I don't know if anybody knows what the Lakers offered or if they offered anything. Maybe their talks weren't long enough that they weren't able to offer anybody. <laughs> who knows? So... But Kyrie potentially leaving the Celtics really really throws off their whole thing. Because if Kyrie leaves, are the Celtics really gonna throw in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and all that and just roll with the team of Al Horford, who might opt out too? We talked about that yesterday. Uh, of maybe Al Horford plus you know Gordon Hayward and then and then Anthony Davis and who else? I guess you can bring back Rozier, but it doesn't seem like Rozier super happy. It's a very weird situation that whole Celtics that whole Celtics thing. So outside of the Celtics, then you have the Lakers package again, which we don't know what that is. But this summer, I'm I'm sure they'll try to throw some stuff together. And then the Mavericks. What do the Mavericks even have to offer Anthony Davis? The Mavericks need to stop making trades. They have they have the cap space. They need to go after some some players like that. Like I said, I'm not really interested in Anthony Davis, especially since he's going to be like a one year rental, right? That that's that's the reason. Obviously, if you could get Anthony Davis for a long term, you go for it for sure. But because he's just going to be one season, he's going to be a free agent after next season. I'm not interested. Not interested at all. From Mr. Nadrol again, besides the superstar free agents, what player would you want the Mavs to sign most? I personally would like the Mavs to go after Brogdon. He's sneakily having a 50-40-90 season and he's perfect fit next to Luca and KB. Agreed. Malcolm Brogdon's a guy. We talked about 21 under the radar free agents free agents that the Mavericks could go after yesterday. So go check out that. Um, some guys that I mentioned, Reggie Bullock was a guy that I was big on yesterday. Um, uh, Julius Randall is also kind of an under the radar guy that the Mavericks have, or at least Mavs fans have talked about for a couple years. So he could be a guy that could be a big, uh, you know, rebounder. He could, he could, he could play like a starter, but then also play the play with bench units and help, you know, with scoring off the bench. I think him and JJ Barea would be awesome together. A pick and roll with, with JJ Barea and, and Julius Randall would be awesome. Um, Jason says, Justin Jackson needs more minutes with Luca on the floor. Completely agree. Five threes. I, I love what I'm seeing from Justin Jackson, and I, I wish we could see more of it. He seems really hesitant when he comes in the game. That's just kind of his thing. I, I did a video for Free Dawkins on uh, on the Sacramento Kings, so I watched a bunch of their games, and it seemed like it took Justin Jackson a while to try and figure out how to work with that bench unit in Sacramento. And so he's kind of doing that same thing again. He came into this whole new team, a bunch of new players he's never played with before. And he's just gonna have to try to figure out what his role is. So it seems like he's hesitant, and it, it looks like now maybe he's starting to try to to feel what his role is. He's this—he's a sharpshooter that can you know come in and and make something happen. So hopefully we'll see more of that from him. Uh, a CEO says, "Can we replace Tim Hardaway Jr. with Tim Hardaway Senior?" Man, uh, how how many have turned on Tim Hardaway Jr. already? What did he have? He had 17 points. He was seven of fifteen from the field. That's not bad. Two of nine from three. It's it's the threes, man. It's the decisions and it's the passes he doesn't make and the passes he does. Um is what's kind of frustrating. I wanna have I want have Kirk on because Kirk was at the game and he's he's now turned to uh to Tim Hardaway Jr. And uh from James, this is a question from James. He says Is Tim Hardaway Jr. the new Dwight Powell now that Wes is gone? <laughs> It's funny that he's the new Dwight Powell now that Wes is gone. It's not the new Dwight Powell now that Dwight Powell has moved on and Dwight Powell is gone. It's now that Wes is gone because it was Dwight Powell, and then it wasn't Dwight Powell. It was Wes, and now it's, now it's back to Tim Arter Jr. Yes, I think every single team has a player that the fan base secretly hates or overtly hates and is out there and, and doesn't like. Uh, going back to my Sacramento video, it's Willie Collie Stein for the Sacramento Kings fans. They do not like him. <laughs> they do not like him at all. Um, right now, for the Bucks, it's kind of Pau Gasol. They really like DJ Wilson, the the Bucks fans did, and they're not really into Pau Gasol. Some of them are obviously, but yes, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a chucker. He's a guy that he takes a lot of shots and he makes some decisions that aren't that great. And so yes, he's going to be he's going to receive a lot of Mavs fans ire for the rest of the season and for the next season and guess what? The season after that too, probably. Um, right? He's the rest of this season. Yeah, two more seasons I think with Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay, question from Moiz, Moez? Maz? Maz. What do you think about Dwight Powell becoming one of the better three-point shooters in the league? All right, well, since you brought it up, this is a real thing that Derek Harper said on the broadcast of the Wizards game after Dwight Powell hit his first three of the game. It's not like he had hit three or he hit five like he did the other night. This is after he hit his first three of the game. Well, Dwight Powell has slowly become one of the better three-point shooters in this league. Um... Okay, well, th- that's definitely a thing that he said. Um, okay, Dwight Powell has been—he's sh- been shooting well the last couple of the last couple of weeks, right? I think he's shooting forty percent since mid-December, but he doesn't—he doesn't take a ton. Let's see. Right now, he is—what uh, are his splits for this season? Let's see. For the month of um, for the month of January, he shot thirty-five percent. For the month of February, he shot 40%, and so far <laughs> in March, he's only played two games. He's uh, shooting a staggering seventy or, uh, 85% from three. So yes, if you're just looking at the month of March, plus the uh, the game that he played tonight, yes, he is one of the better three-point shooters in this league for sure. But if you're looking at his, his career as a whole, he was shooting 19% from three to start the season. He shot, what is it? He shot... 14% from three in October, 22% from three in November, and 13% from three in December. So uh, it takes a whole season for a guy to be, this is the whole Trey Young-Luca conversation. It takes a whole season for a guy to be considered one of the best at something. And Dwight Powell is not one of the better three-point shooters in this league. That is a spicy hot take that I just gave you on this podcast. <laughs> I hope that you guys appreciate that, uh, that spicy hot take. Dwight Powell, not not an all-time great three-point shooter, but he's on a hot streak. Got to give him that. And uh, we talk all the time about how he's really good in practice. So maybe this is something that can continue. However, I looked back, and Dwight Powell for the uh, for the months of October through December, Dwight Powell shoots twenty three percent for his whole career. Just go over his whole career, his whole, all of his all of his numbers. Um, even going back to Boston. I don't know if he took any in Boston, I don't think. But he shot 23.3%, and from January to April, his whole career, he shoots 37%. So there's just something about Dwight Powell that doesn't shoot well at the beginning of the season, but then once the calendar turns over, he just is an above-average three-point shooter. No idea. No idea why that happens. Just a Dwight Powell thing, I guess. Another question from, um, from Jackery. Who do you think is the ideal model for a 4-5 to pair with Kristaps? Pick one from the upcoming free agent class and one all-time. Man, I really do think that he needs to play with kind of a a big center. And I don't think that there's one in this class. I don't think there's one in a free agent class. Julius Randle, he's not a a big center, but he can play some backup center, and he could take some of the, the bigger, like, stronger guys in the post. That's maybe a guy that I would pair with him. Because he can be, because Kristaps can be a rim protector too. So you have that. And then Julius Randle can do the rebounding. So that's, that's probably a guy. If I had to pick one, it's probably Julius Randle. DeMarcus Cousins is not really that guy for me. Uh, it's He's just really slow. We'll talk more about him and I'll watch some more of him this season and see how he is. But uh, just from my p- prior knowledge of him, I just, I don't think that he would be the, the best pairing an ideal pairing, I guess I should say with him. All right, question from Evan Steele. If we don't get the top five pick and we lose it to Atlanta, will this season be a waste of Lucas's sensational rookie season? No, absolutely not. Luca's sensational rookie season it was going to come no matter what. And I'm not really sure what you think we could have got out of it as far as the Mavericks. Um, if they made the playoffs, would that be not a waste of his rookie season? Um I don't think it's going to be a waste because it was the season where they were able to get they were able to get Kristaps Porzingis. Not a waste. After that, boom. Not a waste. Not a waste at all. Um, Andres, can we can we DNP Luka and Dirk for the rest of the season and save them from this embarrassment? Okay, so these questions kind of go together. Is it a waste? Should we set Should we set Luka and Dirk? Uh, I've talked about the, the setting Dirk. Uh, there's still a chance that this could be his last season. And so some of these special moments like the, the Clippers thing with Doc Rivers with the stuff in New York, with Brooklyn, and with in uh, MSG. There's um, there's some special moments that could still happen with Dirk. And so, yes, getting him out of games where they're losing by 40, yes, get, get him out of games like that. But I understand playing him, especially in away arenas, and that was an away game, that 40-point that loss to, to the uh, Nets. So I understand that. But, yeah, man, some of these games are just so embarrassing to put Dirk out there. Luka, on the other hand, Luca needs to just play, and he needs to get used to some of these teammates and uh, try some stuff. I'd like to see Luka experiment a little bit more, but uh, but we'll see what we get from him. Um, no, I, I don't think we should DNP Luka and Dirk for the rest of the season. Maybe some home games, but then you, then you got some of the last home games with Dirk possibly, so you just never know. From JB Economy, can you guys talk about your views on the potential future league stuff, like no conferences for playoffs, some sort of play-in tournament, mid-season tournament? All right, let's take a break, and then when we come back, I'll answer this question from JB. All right, so my thoughts on the whole play-in tournament idea. Uh, I'm just going to talk about that for now. My views on the you know, no conferences for playoffs, the 1 through 16 seating we'll do it at a different time. I love the idea of a play-in tournament. It's got to mean something, though we have to make it so that it either like the 2k league, it gets somebody into the, into the playoffs. So in the 2k league, they have this mid season. They have three tournaments throughout the season. They have the beginning, which is the turn. Then they have the middle one, which is the ticket. And then the last one is the tuck. No, I don't know. I don't know. What the, I don't know what the, it's, it's something with a T word. I can't remember what it is, but um, they have the ticket, which is in the middle of the season. And whoever wins automatically gets into the playoffs. And now obviously they don't have conferences and things like that. So, they just do the top, um, and uh, and so I, I like that idea because it gives them something to play for. Now, when you get to a tournament like that, well, teams like Golden State and teams like the Nuggets and teams like you know the Bucks, when they're they're playing super awesome, are they gonna try really hard for this, and then try and get that automatic you know playoff spot? And then once they get it, do they then rest players more after that? tournament. <laughs> so th- those are some things that maybe if a tournament like that gets put in place, there has to be some other things to help, you know, make sure that we, uh, not have te- teams just rest all their players because well, we're already in the playoffs. So we might as well just rest all of our guys until, you know, we get to the playoffs cause we're, we're right there. So, um, yeah, but I, but I like the idea of a playing tournament and I don't know if I like the idea of it replacing all-star weekend uh, maybe just replace some some in-season games, and so make sure that each team plays enough games to replace them. So like, every team plays at least three games. It's like a round-robin kind of thing. They have different you know pools and stuff, and then they make an actual you know game, uh, single elimination game tournament. That way, every game that they miss during the season that's replaced by this tournament, they actually get back. So it would have to be something like that. But I love the idea of a playing tournament, just to add something a little bit. You know, more fun because right now, after the trade deadline and everything, you kind of want to see some of these teams playing some real meaningful games. Like I want to see the Sixers team playing some real meaningful games and see what they have. And you know, if Kristaps was playing, obviously we'd want to see the Mavericks try to sneak in. And after the trade, it would make the trade deadline probably more fun too because if some teams could add some win now players, then they could make a run into the tournament. So. Maybe, maybe it's right after the the trade deadline the trade deadline all-star break then boom right into the tournament and then boom right right through their last couple of games until the uh, the playoffs that, that could be interesting because then you don't have teams you know then you have actually have teams that are, are in it that could uh, could benefit what if Sacramento comes out and they win the tournament the, the playing tournament and then they get into the playoffs like that could be that would be super fun obviously all right a couple more questions here this is from Colin West this is actually just some thoughts. Um, I'm hopeful. I enjoyed the season. I don't like losing with Luca. We need to start winning ASAP to keep him the way he is. I'm scared about losing could do to him. I I am not scared about what losing could do to Luca. <laughs> Maybe he'll like hurt himself, like hit himself because he you know, or rip some more clothing or do stuff like that or get angry, but I just think that, that Luca is he's one of those A-level superstars where anywhere he went, he was gonna be awesome. And so any situation he goes to, I think he's going to be awesome. And I just don't think you have to worry about stuff like that. I think that he's also been through so many seasons overseas and he's been through so many different things that I just don't think we have to worry about that from Luca. I think that, that he is just going to be the way that he is. I think he's going to be awesome and, uh, he'll come back. And, and again, it's, it's going to feel like a different season next year. There's going to be so many new players. There's going to be Kristaps Porzingis to be excited about. There's going to be so many different things that, that, uh, it's just going to be different. (laughs) It's going to be a different season. And so I don't think that this losing this season now, losing next year, that could be, that could be bad. So next year there's, there's pressure for sure. This season, the rest of the season, no pressure. The Mavericks have made their moves. They made their future moves. And now it's all pointing to next year. All right. From Mavs network. When will I be free from my eternal suffering? That is a great question. Can't we all, couldn't we all be free from this eternal suffering? It just seems like these last couple of years, it's just, Every March, it seems like the Mavericks are trying to lose games. And now we're talking about it again. It's been four years now, right, of the Mavericks trying to lose games. And, man, it is it is brutal. It is brutal with the tanking stuff. And I, I wish I didn't have to go on Tankathon at all this season for Mavericks work. I just wish that I didn't have to do it. Uh, but here we are. Here we are once again talking about tanking once again. From Hoop Surge, how far away is our supporting cast, players not named Luca or Chris from being perfect or perennial playoff contender? If not, how do you guys think the Mavericks will address this in the offseason? Man, very far away. I think that this team is, is very far away. Uh, JJ Barea could be part of that, but he is injured. We're not sure even how he's going to come back once he does. And so that's going to be something to to figure out. Now they have Jalen Brunson to replace him, but then you have to find a starting point guard or a starting guard that can guard guards because Luca is not Luca is a starting point guard on offense, but he can't guard point guards on the other end. Unless it's a point guard like Ben Simmons, when he can't even guard him. So there's uh there's questions about that. And so uh, they're far away, but guys that I really like that can stick around. We've talked about them are Dorian and Maxie. I think they can become guys like that. I think Dwight Powell in a certain role could come back and be. You know, an impactful play- player on a playoff team. There's definitely a role for a guy that, that can do the things Dwight Powell does. Um, Justin Jackson, I think, can become that guy. He was just the 15th pick or the 14th pick just two years ago when Dennis was drafted. So there, there's some potential there that he can still unlock and some development that he can do. There's uh, who else on this team? Man, uh, I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is really part of that, but he might have to be. But his role, I've, I've talked about it many times. I think he, could, he should still be that bench role kind of guy coming off the bench. Uh, other than that, man, Brunson, Brunson still is a great off the bench point guard that could be on a playoff team that he's won games in college. He's won two titles in college, Luca, obviously in Porzingis, but you, you were just talking about the role players. So how many, how many is that that I named Dw- Dwight, Dorian, Maxi, Brunson, Justin Jackson? That's five that I feel good about for the future and not right now. So those are all guys that still need some more, you know, coaching. They need some more seasoning. They need some more, um, you know, work and chemistry work with the rest of the team. And so I don't feel that good about it. The Mavericks still need to make, I mean, you need to have at least 10 guys for, for the Mavericks. I think 10 guys that you feel good about. So if they have five that I feel okay about, then what what are you you talking about as far as being a, you know, a, per, a perfect or perfect for a perennial playoff contender, which is what Hoop Surge said. Um, Ernesto says, S- seems we have good chance to keep our pick. Yes, the Mavericks, now have a 29.3% chance to keep their pick. I don't know if I would say that's good. Um, 29% is good as a batting average in baseball. 29% is good as a... Um, what else is 29% good as? I don't know. Tweet me. Tweet me what things are good at twenty at 29%. What, what, is, what is good odds at 29%? Uh, Jeff says, What's our championship look like this year? Luca wins rookie of the year, and we luck into the top five pick. If we are tanking, I'd like to request the Mavs add 20% more alley oops and 30% more step backs into the play calling. Let her rip! I agree. Just 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 keep doing as much fun stuff as they can on the court. And honestly, I hope that Carlisle is saying, "Let's just have some fun with it," and you know, you know, do some things on the court. But I don't know if this team knows each other or is you know cool with each other like that to have fun. They just haven't been together that long. It's a bunch of new guys that just came in. Tim Hardaway Jr., new guy. Justin Jackson new guy, Courtney Lee new guy. Um guys that have just not been super close that are, are playing all of a sudden now like Salah is obviously playing a whole bunch. Um you have Ryan Brokov's kind of been distant from the team cuz he hasn't played a whole lot. It's just it's very very weird this team. So I don't know how much, you know, fun they can have if they don't really know each other like that. Connor No asked, does Dirk dunk in game this season? It's a great question. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say we get one in from Dirk. But it doesn't. It hasn't seemed to happen very much. He hasn't done. He hasn't gotten any layups. I don't think either. I think that was a Bobby Corral stat from a while ago. That he hasn't gotten any single layups this season. Um. Mason, a question from Mason. This is the last one I'll get to. How much do your wives care and participate with Mavericks, or are they tired of it? Do y'all hang out not at games? Well, uh, for those of you that don't know. I don't live in uh, the Dallas-Fort Dallas, Worth area anymore, so Isaac and I don't really hang out that much. We did when I did live there. We definitely did hang out before then, but we were at Mav stuff so much, and I was so busy with going to school full-time and also having another job outside of Maverick stuff that uh, we didn't have a ton of time to hang out, but yeah, we would hang out. Um, we definitely became friends from Maverick stuff, and our wives don't really care that much. Isaac's wife, uh, Barbel, Watch. She'll watch games with Isaac every once in a while. She'll comment on stuff, but she's not super into it. My wife will not watch basketball with me. (laughs) She's just not into it. She just doesn't like basketball. It doesn't really like sports that much. Uh, So we just watch Game of Thrones together. That's kind of what we do uh, or watch other things. So there you go. Mailbag. Loved it. Great questions from you guys. Appreciate it as always. And, uh, man, keep checking back to Lockdown Mavs. We'll continue to be back. This is the Thursday show, so we got one more show on Friday. And if you guys haven't, go check out my Giannis video on Free Dawkins, the YouTube channel. Uh, I think Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA right now, and I made the case for it and compared him to a whole bunch of players. So go check that out on Free Dawkins. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.